0: Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And it is Monday, June 19th. It's a beautiful day in Texarkana, although we had storms last week and uh, storms Saturday night. And we've had a number of people that have lost power uh, all around Longview and uh, Marshall, all the way to Bozier, a friend of mine at First Baptist Bozier, Brad Jerkovich, they didn't have power Uh, But somehow they rigged something up with a generator to have uh, worship services yesterday. And uh, praise the Lord, we didn't have that problem in Texarkana, but uh, a lot of people did have difficulties and lost trees and had things fall on trailers and houses and things like that. So we want to pray for them. Well, uh, at First Baptist Texarkana, we've been going through the Ten Commandments. I have never done a series on the Ten Commandments, and so... uh, Seven weeks ago, I embarked on that series called Written in Stone because the Ten Commandments were written on two tablets of stone. The scripture says, by the finger of God. And so we learn a lot about the character of God from the Ten Commandments and and it's, it's not just rules to live by, but it shows uh, what God values and, and uh, who God is and how we relate to God. And really, Jesus divided up the Ten Commandments in two commandments. love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. That's the first tablet, the first four commandments that deal with uh, our relationship, our vertical relationship with God. And then the next six commandments, starting with honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth, uh, that goes horizontally. And that is the second great commandment, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, on these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. And so we've been talking about those and, uh, you know, the 10 commandments aren't real long. And some of the, uh, the horizontal commandments, they're very, very short. Uh, you shall not murder, uh, commandment number six. That is a very short commandment, two words in the Hebrew. and uh, But it's packed with stuff because Jesus then in the New Testament, he, he reveals the depth of those things. And what the Jews had done, they had taken the Ten Commandments And they made them just external. And uh, as you read in the New Testament, you'll find that uh, when Jesus would deal with the Pharisees, everything was external. Jesus said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far away from me. But in vain do you worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. And what we learn is that uh, God is a God of heart. And the Christian life is all about your heart. It's not about the externals that you do. It's about dealing with your heart. God wants a heart relationship with you and with me. And when our hearts are not right, even if we're not doing things, because Jesus said, you've heard it said, you should not commit murder. But hey, what if you have anger in your heart? What if you have a bitterness and hatred in your heart? You're guilty of murder already in your heart. He said the same thing about lust. You've heard it said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So there is much that we can learn about uh, our relationship to God and to man as it relates to the heart. Well, this past Sunday, we talked about commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Now, that is a difficult topic, and I knew uh, of some people in there that that was going to be a difficult sermon for them to hear, and I I wanted it to be uh, encouraging to those who have fallen into that sin in the physical and and experienced the, the hurts Tremendous hurts associated with that. And then I wanted to speak to the people that haven't yet uh, crossed that line because you want to uh, let them know, hey, if you take a step in that direction, you're, you're going to regret it. Uh, as it says in James, when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. And there's something about sexual sin that is different from other sin, sins. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God who lives within you? and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. Hey, literally your body, as a Christian, your body is the holy of holies. When you think about the Old Testament temple, even the the New Testament temple that was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans, that had three rooms. You had the outer court, the inner court that only the priests could go. It's called the holy place, and then you had the innermost court. That's called the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. Uh, that was where the the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God dwelt. And only the high priest went in there, and he only went in there once a year, and he went in there with bloodshed, and he went in there with fear and trepidation because it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And our God is a consuming fire, and we read that... Uh, that from, from Jewish history, that when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, they'd tie a rope around him because if he died in the presence of God, they could pull him out. And there was a thick, heavy veil that separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies. They could pull him out. Why? Because nobody was going to go in there and get him. Uh, when you die in the presence of God, uh, you don't want to be the guy, hey, you go get him. Uh, I'm not going in there. And so God wants us, and here this is kind of the, uh, the rub in, uh, in our relationship with God. You know, we read about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. God wants us to fear him, but he doesn't want us to be afraid of him. He wants us to have the utmost and ultimate respect for him and stand in awe of him and treat him uh, with the highest respect. He doesn't want us to treat him like he's an old shoe, and we all have a tendency to do that. In the book of Malachi, they were doing that. They were offering to God their scraps, their leftovers, the things torn in the field, the things that that when a wolf would come and, and tear apart a sheep and rip it apart, that's what they would offer to God. God said, you take that, and you don't even eat it. You give it to the dogs. And in the book of Malachi... They were giving to God what they would give to the, to the dogs. They were giving to God as a sacrifice their dog food. And the Lord said, I am a great king, and my name is feared among the nations. But they weren't giving God his due, and they weren't standing in awe of him. That's a problem you have. That's a problem I have. That's a problem we have. And what, does it, what is it going to take for America to, to return to the Lord. We have to return to a fear of God. And when it comes to the Ten Commandments, people break the Ten Commandments all the time because they don't have a fear of God. And when it comes to the Seventh Commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Uh, That is uh, discarded and uh, degraded in disregarded and we say, well, you know, God, we know better than you. And, you know, if it feels good, do it. And I want to do it. And so, uh, that's no big deal. It is a big deal. Hebrews chapter 13, verse four says, let the marriage bed be, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for fornicators, those who have sex and they're not married. And adulterers, those who are married and have sex outside their marriage, for fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. And the fear of the Lord says, I don't want to do something that God specifically says, I'm going to judge you for that. The wrath of God, Colossians 3 says, comes because of those things. And in Romans chapter 1, we read that uh, even though the people knew about God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. They became morons. That's Romans one twenty-two. We have that that verse played out for us day after day after day in the news. People who profess to be wise, professors and educators in universities, those that have Big long degrees and letters after their name. They profess to be so wise, and they're fools. They try and tell us that uh, (coughs) people—excuse me—that people who are uh, trans men can have babies. It was on the the cover of Glamour in the UK. Logan Brown shows this person pregnant as can be. uh, Trans men, a man having a having a baby well anybody with a with a modicum of sense knows that men don't have babies and that person although they've changed their appearance and changed their name uh they are an xx female because those are the only people that get pregnant xx females xy males don't get pregnant that's why my solution to all this trans stuff that's so confusing is let's just go by chromosomes and uh, when we start talking about people and all this, well, cis men and trans men and non-binary and all that stuff—what wh- does that mean? Uh, just let's just talk about people. Uh, XX and XY. And uh, hey, you want to know about bathrooms? We go by chromosomes. If you are XY chromosomes, you go to the men's room. If you're XX chromosomes, you go to the women's restroom. I don't care what you feel like. We're gonna go by the science and the science cannot be altered, and God created them male and female, and that can't be changed. And your chromosomal makeup, is that, that comes into being at fertilization. At the very beginning of your life, at conception, your chromosomes are there. That's why the idea that you can change your gender is ridiculous. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And what did they do? They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Watch it. Therefore, Romans 1:24. therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them gave them over to sexual impurity for they exchanged the truth of God for alive and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Well, God gives them over to sexual immorality. We have seen that in our nation. And we had the sexual revolution in the 60s and the 70s and free love and all that. But it goes on to say, because they worship the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever, amen, Romans 1.26. For this this reason, God gave them over again to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person the due penalty of their error. So, the first giving over from the Lord, I'm going to give you over to sexual immorality and people just, uh, just obliterating the seventh commandment. And really, as I told the church yesterday, really, when you think about it, you don't break God's commandments. You're broken on them. You know, there's a reason I read a statistic that said prostitutes are 45 times more likely to commit suicide. Why? Because the Uh, The commands of God and the laws of God, they're written in our hearts. When you violate that, uh, you, you do a number on your psyche. And you get to the place where you just can't stand yourself and you just want to die. And you will do anything. Like Judas, trying to escape the hell within him, he hung himself and entered into the hell before him. But God gives them over to sexual immorality. Then God gives them over to homosexual immorality. We've seen that. And then lastly god gives them over to a depraved mind a reprobate mind a mind that no longer works a mind that can't look at a at a woman and say well that's a woman can't even answer the question what is a woman a woman is xx chromosomes a man is xy chromosomes and a six-year-old knows the difference five-year-old, four-year-old knows the difference between a man and a woman. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about uh, the Seventh Commandment. We'll be right back.
1: There's a culture war raging in America, and like it or not, we're in the battle. Sandy Rios, AFA's Director of Governmental Affairs and the host of the podcast, Sandy Rios 24-7. For 40 plus years, American Family Association has been fighting for biblical values in America. We've been here to shine the light of Christ into a dark world and to stand against the evil of the day. And by God's grace, we're making a difference. One vital way that you can join forces with us is through a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. The charitable gift annuity will benefit you and help ensure AFA is in the fight for years to come. See if a charitable gift annuity is right for you. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the financial stewardship division of the American Family Association.
2: Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. We all have times of discouragement, but there is hope. Here's Pastor Jeff
3: Shreve.
0: Hey, I have good news for you. God is the God of encouragement, and God has a good word from His word to encourage you, to lift you up, and to change your outlook. Learn
2: the power of simply having a godly outlook. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart each weeknight at 6 Central here on American Family Radio.
4: Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we've set our dates for the 2024 tour to Israel, and you can read about that at twholyland.com. That's twholyland.com. We've got the dates, we've got the cost, we've got the itinerary, everything you want to know there, including a bunch of pictures you can look at. Uh, Just go to the website, twholyland.com. Folks, we're going to visit the land of the Bible. And it's to be my 30th time to go. I'm just so excited every time to see the faces light up as people see Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Jericho and take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee and get baptized in the Jordan River. It's just a wonderful time in Israel, the Holy Land. So if you want to join us on our trip in March, go to the website, twholyland.com, twholyland.com, and check it out.
0: Welcome back to Real Truth for today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about the Ten Commandments as I've been preaching this sermon series at First Baptist Texarkana written in stone. And uh, yesterday I talked to the church about the Seventh Commandment. What is the Seventh Commandment? You shall not commit adultery. Now you may not know this, but in 1631, Robert Barker and Martin Lucas, they were the royal printers in London they reprinted the King James Bible. They made about a thousand copies if, I, uh, if memory serves. But there was one error in their reprinting. And it was a tiny error. It was only a three-letter word. Just one error. You would think, well, that's not that big a deal. But it was an error in the seventh commandment. It was the omission of the word not. And in their version of the King James Bible, the seventh commandment says, you shall commit adultery. That Bible became known as the wicked Bible, the sinner's Bible, the adulterous Bible. And those guys lost their publishing license and had to pay a big fine. And as one report said, they were threatened uh, even up to their lives for that uh, negligence, the wicked Bible. Well, the Bible clearly says you shall not commit adultery. And, uh, and when you think about that, that's very straightforward, simple command. But what is God trying to say? He's trying to say sex is sacred. It is holy and it is reserved only for marriage. God created sex for us, for uh, oneness, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And so in the act of marriage you come together and uh, the husband joins himself to the wife. And there is a picture of oneness there in the physical. But oneness is more just more than just physical. Uh, oneness in, in marriage is a... a gentle merger of body soul and spirit and god wants marriages he designed it to be a oneness uh, experience and something so wonderful and and we get a kind of a picture of that at the in the last verse of genesis 2 before sin entered into the world for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh and the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed there was just such a freedom. There, was, uh, there were no secrets. Everything was open, and uh, there was no shame, no guilt. It was just a wonderful experience. That's what God wants marriage to be. And so when we think about the seventh commandment, it's the Lord saying, Listen, sex is something that I created for oneness, for procreation. Remember what he told Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Well, how do they do that? Well, they do that through the act of marriage, through the sexual experience between a husband and wife, and you have children, so God created that for oneness in marriage. He created it for procreation, and he also created it for pleasure. You know, God could have made the sexual experience between a man and a, a woman, between a husband and wife, he could have made that to where uh, there was no, there were no feelings at all. It was just something that you do. It was... Uh, you know, nobody had uh, any kind of excitement about that. It's just, okay, let's make a baby and let's do this. And, but he didn't. God created that to be extremely pleasurable. And that's why it is such a temptation for people because uh, of hormones and other things. And so God, uh, God created that to be pleasurable because God is a good God. And I told the church, I said, you know, uh, when whenever you come to church, especially at a Baptist church, you come to church and the preacher starts talking about sex, everybody gets nervous. Why? Because Baptists don't like to talk about sex. They think it might lead to dancing. And so we we have this, Oh, I don't know, man, he's gonna be out there and they're you know, there are young ears listening and Uh, And I I recognize that, and I want to be careful with what I say because, you know, you're not talking to uh, just a group of married people. You're talking to all ages. But we need, as Howard Hendricks, the professor at Dallas Theological Seminary who's in heaven now, he made the statement, we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about what God was not ashamed to create. And God created sex, but he created sex solely for the safe confines of marriage, when there is a lifelong commitment to love and respect and fidelity. So think about sex this way. Sex is like fire, and marriage is the fireplace. And the only place in your house, the only place where a roaring fire is good, is in the fireplace. A roaring fire in the attic means your house is burning down. A roaring fire on the draperies means uh, you're losing everything. So there's just one place where the fire is good, and that's in the fireplace because the fireplace was made for the fire. Well, sex is fire. Marriage is the fireplace. And people who take sex out of marriage, you're married to somebody and you have sex with somebody else, that's adultery. You're not married, and the other person's not married, and you have sex, that's fornication. And uh, and the scripture says, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. From pornea is the Greek word, which is a, a big catch-all word for any kind of sexual immorality. God wants us to keep sex sacred. You know, we we uh, have this term that is used, safe sex. Well, you have to have safe sex. The Bible doesn't know anything about safe sex, but it knows a lot about sacred sex because sex is to be sacred only for the marriage relationship i heard one guy say one time this was very interesting he was talking about the lord's supper he's talking about uh, sex and marriage and then he equated it to the lord's supper he said you know the lord's supper where we proclaim his death until he comes where we partake of the bread this is my body which is given for you this is my blood which is shed for you do this in remembrance of me he said that is only for christians And it makes it very, very clear, if you're not right with God, don't take the Lord's Supper because you're going to eat and drink judgment to yourself. And he says in 1 Corinthians 11, For this cause, many of you are weak and sick, and some of you are even dead because you took the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. The Lord's Supper is only for believers, and it's only for believers who are right with God. Sex is only for those who are in covenant with one another in marriage. And uh, that's how we come together. That is the fireplace, and that is the protective umbrella, so to speak, that God puts around it. And if we blow that off, we do that to our own detriment and our own shame. And so uh, many people have wrecked and ruined their lives, shipwrecked their lives on the rocks of sexual immorality. I shared yesterday with the church about David. You know, David, a man after God's own heart. And David, who who loved the Lord, and he really did love the Lord. He loved the Lord, and he walked with the Lord. But 2 Samuel chapter 11, David's great sin, he saw Bathsheba bathing. He was walking on the roof of his palace. He should have been out at battle it says it came about in the spring of the year when the kings go out to battle that david stayed behind in jerusalem so he wasn't where he was supposed to where he was supposed to be and he got tempted and he saw bathsheba and he knew he should look away see what is the difference between temptation and sin the prudent proverbs 22 verse 3 the prudent sees the evil and hides himself but the naive go on and are punished for it you know, when David saw Bathsheba, that wasn't a sin. He didn't go out there looking for her. He just happened to see her. And she was very beautiful in appearance. And when he saw her, he knew immediately, turn away, turn away, turn away. But he didn't. And the look turned to lust, and the lust turned to longing, and the longing turned to laying. And David had a sexual relationship with Bathsheba who was married to Uriah the Hittite, one of David's mighty men. After David sinned with Bathsheba and she ends up being pregnant and then he has a big mess on his hands because Uriah is fighting the king's battles, he's not there, he's gonna know that's not my child. So David tries to get Bathsheba back to uh, Jerusalem and to sleep with his wife and uh, to cover up his, his sin. But, but Uriah has too much honor. He says, I'm not going to go home and be with my wife when my brothers are out fighting the king's battles. And so uh, he wouldn't do that. And so David, in an act of desperation, writes a note, folds it over, hands it to Uriah the Hittite. It says, give this to Joab, who was David's general. And so he gives the note to Joab, doesn't read it because Uriah was a man of honor. And he doesn't read it, gives it to Joab, Joab opens the note, and the note says, put Uriah in the in the most difficult part of the battle, in the heat of the battle, and then everyone withdraw from him so that he dies. And that's what happened. And David committed the sin of adultery, and then he committed the sin of murder. He broke the seventh commandment, and then he broke the sixth commandment, you shall not murder, as he killed Uriah the Hittite through the sword of the sons of Ammon. And the Lord said to him, as he brought Nathan the prophet, Second Samuel chapter 12, <coughs> because you have done this, the sword will never depart from your house. And David unleashed, you, you know, you reap what you sow, and David sowed terrible seeds, and he reaped a horrible crop that wrecked and ruined his family. And in the very next chapter, Second Samuel 13, you have David's son Amnon rape David's daughter Tamar. And then you have David's son Absalom, kill David's son Amnon. And then you have David's son Absalom, steal the kingdom away from David. And then you have Joab, David's general, who is also David's nephew, kill David's son Absalom, the sword will never depart from your house. Listen, there is a high price to pay for sexual immorality. I was, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we deal with today in, uh, in our world is pornography. And we get, you know, when it, the Bible says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is that you abstain from sexual immorality. Pornia, the Greek word from which we get our English word pornography. And uh, there are some people that say, well, that's no big deal. Uh, It is a big deal. And pornography uh, warps your mind. And listen, you wouldn't put poison into your mouth, but so many of us put poison into our minds, and we think it doesn't matter, and we think it's a minor thing. It's not a minor thing. It's a major thing. And many people get, get hooked on that, and then they can't break away from it, and I realize that. And uh, one of the things that, that helps in that area, Covenant Eyes is a good uh, software tool to help people with that because it, it provides accountability, and it's somebody that can see all the places that you go. And, uh, and accountability is good. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. The Bible says that you may be healed. So we confess our sins to God. God is the one who forgives our sins. But when we confess to a trusted brother or sister, the Lord brings healing, and there's accountability there, and it's very, very important. So I, I told the church, listen, you want to safeguard yourself, safeguard your marriage, safeguard your life from burning it down, from letting the sex get out of the fireplace. And and you just have to make the decision. As Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Uh, how then can I look upon a maid, Job thirty-one-one, and... Uh, he just said, I'm not going to look and I'm not going to uh, play with fire because anytime we start messing around in the sexual realm with adultery, fornication, flirting, all those things that lead to the sex act, we, uh, we are playing with fire. And uh, if you, you know the old expression, if you play with fire, you get burned. Now, maybe not the first time. But if you keep doing it, you're going to get burned. And uh, uh, a good example is Samson. Samson, remember how he kept playing around with the source of his strength with Delilah? Oh, tell me what is the source of your great strength? He was playing around with it. And finally, (coughs) he told Delilah what was the source of his strength. And what happens? She shaves his head. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. he said, I will go out as at other times, other times and shake myself free. And he did not know that the Lord had left him. And he lost his eyes. They gouged out his eyes and he was bound. And he was made to grind in the mill like a dumb ox. And he lost so much of what God wanted to do in and through him because he was playing with fire. Samson, as Chuck Swindoll said, he was a he-man man with a she-weakness. The very first thing that we read from Samson's lips in the book of Judges, I saw a woman, and he had a real woman problem. Hey, make the decision to not play with fire, to not flirt with people, to not let your mind go to the gutter. Watch over your heart with all diligence, the scripture says, for from it flow the issues of life. And take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ as it says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 well you're listening to real truth for today and I'm your host pastor Jeff Shree. I would love to take your calls as we talk about this very important subject from the seventh commandment you shall not commit adultery and marriage needs to be held in honor among all the number to call is 888-589-8840 that's 888-589-8840 if you have a question if you have a comment if you have a testimony that says hey this is what happened to me and it did uh, burn my life down but god's grace restored what the locusts have eaten listen god is the god of restoration he's the god of hope he's the god of healing and we can trust him no matter what we'll be right back
2: prior to birth children need our help Read A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life by Pastor Joseph Parker. We are called
5: this day to stand for the innocent and speak out on their behalf.
2: This collection of essays by Pastor Joseph challenges us to take a public stand to protect the lives of the unborn. A Pastor's Notes is available now at resources.afa.net.
5: The body of Jesus Christ must speak up. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about medishare 65 plus. Here's the number, 833-45-BIBLE. That's
1: 833-45-BIBLE, 833-45-BIBLE. For over 40 years, American Family Association has stood for righteousness and God's truth in our nation. American Family Association Executive Vice President, Ed Vitagliano. AFA is here every day fighting for the future of America and praise be to God, we're making a difference. One important way you can join us in the battle is through a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. The charitable gift annuity benefits you and it benefits the culture-transforming work of American Family Association. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity helps you and it allows AFA to impact America for generations to come phone 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345.
0: Welcome back to Real Truth For Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery and how God wants us to uh, always remember the sacredness of sex. As we've been saying, sex is like fire, and marriage is the fireplace. And it's the only uh, place for sex. And God created sex for a husband and wife to enjoy and to experience solely with one another. That's why you shall not commit adultery. You shall not step out of the marriage bounds and you shall not commit fornication, as the scripture says in Hebrews 13:4 fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. You save sex for marriage, and you enjoy sex in marriage. Now, The phone lines are open, 888-589-8840. I'd love to talk to you about this important subject. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you have a testimony of the fact that, uh, listen, that happened in your life, but God changed your heart, changed your spouse, changed your marriage situation, and brought you and your spouse back together because God does that. God is the God of all grace, and he's the God of hope, and uh, he's the God who can save and change. I shared the testimony of a man who uh, had given himself over to sexual immorality. He was, uh, he was a porn actor. And uh, you know, so many people look at that and say, Oh gosh, you just have sex with all these beautiful women. How wonderful that would be. It's horrible. And he said it just stole away his soul. He said, I couldn't feel anymore. And I love how he words it because this guy became a believer in the Lord Jesus and walked away from that industry. But he said, I would go to work to do the porn, to make the money, to buy the drugs, to mask the pain. And I'd get up the next day and go to work to make the money. I'd go to work to do the porn, to make the money, to buy the drugs, to mask the pain. Almost all of those people are drug addicts and alcoholics, because there's no way that mentally, psychologically, you can do that job, quote-unquote job, uh, without destroying yourself. And the scripture says that, that the one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it wounds and disgrace he will find and his reproach will not be blotted out for jealousy enrages a man and he will not spare in the day of vengeance he will not accept any ransom nor will he be content though you give many gifts he who would destroy himself does it and so you don't want to go there because it's destroying yourself it's taking fire and taking it out of the fireplace and putting it on the draperies putting it in the attic you'll burn your house down Well, we're going to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. We have Jay on the line from Texas. Jay, go ahead.
6: Yeah, uh, Pastor Jeff, I was, uh, when you were talking about capturing every thought, when Paul was talking about it, uh, I think that's something very difficult for all of us. And and I've often wondered, since the Holy Spirit is responsible for our moment-to-moment, day-to-day sanctification, should we pray to the Holy Spirit to sometimes help with our thought control. So you pray to the Holy Spirit?
0: Yeah, I think it's fine to pray to the Holy Spirit. You know, God is is uh, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And so I've heard people say, you know, I think technically, if you get super, super technical about it, we pray to the Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. But Stephen prayed to Jesus I think it's fine to pray to Jesus. I think it's fine to pray to the Holy Spirit. He's our helper and he's our guide. And so Holy Spirit of God, help me, enable me, help me to see what I need to see in this scripture. And yeah, it is hard uh, to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We have to be very cognizant of our thoughts and uh, what we're allowing our minds to dwell on. Um because that's where that's where the lust begins. And Jesus said where where do the evil thoughts come from? They come from the heart. Adulteries and fornications come from the heart. And that's why if you look on a woman to lust for her, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. And so, yes, I think that as we're cognizant of the fact that, um, hey, I'm not I'm gonna take every thought. I'm not gonna let my mind go to the gutter. And I see a beautiful woman, and I, as my friend Bob Lapine would say, I let my eyes bounce away from that. So I see her, wow, she's good looking. There's nothing wrong with seeing pretty girls and saying she's beautiful. I just can't linger in that, in that stare. So I have to look and then look away and not let my heart go there. You know, it's kind of interesting. So it talks about false teachers in Second Timothy chapter 2, and it says they have eyes full of adultery and that never cease from sin. And what that means, eyes full of adultery, it means every woman they see, they see her as a sexual object. And this one guy that I was talking about that, uh, that did, the, did the work to you know, go to work, to do the porn, to make the money, to buy the drugs, to mask the pain, he said he got to where he couldn't feel anymore. He couldn't love anymore. It was just like his soul had been ripped away. And he said, every woman I saw, I saw as a sexual object. I didn't see her as a person anymore. And uh, so he, he had almost had a nervous breakdown. He said he, he was leaving the set one day, and he drove about two blocks away and s- pulled the car over and just began to weep and cry out to God for deliverance. And God did deliver him, and he said, I never went back again. And he said, if the Lord can change me, he can change anybody. And great testimony, although lots and lots of scars. You, you want to learn from a guy like that and say, hey, that's wonderful. I don't want to go in that uh, deep down in the the pit of sin like you did. I want to learn from your mistakes and keep away from that. So does that help, Jay?
6: Yeah, I think so. It's just, it's just hard, like you say, to capture every thought. I for sure, if I was the only
0: one that had trouble, <laughs> no, you're definitely not the one only one that has trouble. I think a good prayer to to pray is, uh, you know, because the eyes see what the heart desires. I learned that I think from Warren, from Irwin uh, Lutzer. That is so true. The eye sees what the heart desires, and to pray this prayer, Lord, give me a heart that loves you and desires you more than anything else. That has a passion for you that far exceeds my passion for anything else. And uh, really, when we struggle with what we're looking at in uh, pornography is a big, big problem in the church today, it always comes back to the heart. Because if you love the Lord with all your heart, you're going to say, how can I do this? Like Joseph said in the book of Genesis to Potiphar's wife, how can I do this great evil and so sin against God? And then we turn away and we run away from that. And we have the... The accountability that we need to, hey, I'm really struggling. Uh, Pray for me, and uh, and that that helps us to uh, to walk in the light and to stay clear of that sin. So God bless you, Jay. Thanks for calling in. We have Roy on the line from New Hampshire. Roy, welcome to Real Truth for today.
6: Hey, brother Jeff, I was going to say something different, but uh, the 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 previous brother um, got me to thinking that. um, Let me. uh, You you touched on in your opening uh, about communion and taking up the elements, and um, when we focus on uh, judging ourselves first and and examining our hearts, and Uh before we take the blood, I mean take the bread and the wine. And I found I have found in my personal life while I'm traveling on the road is that when I take communion, my mind doesn't wander. When I spend that time in the morning with the Lord, and I take communion as He leads, as the Holy Spirit leads me, my mind can't wander. I can't focus on uh, sexual things. I can't. Fo- I, my mind is focused on Christ, and so I. It, it helps me. I don't know if anybody has ever found that out to to be in, uh, the situation in their lives, but my mind doesn't wander as much when I when I when I set my day participating in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I can't wander. My mind doesn't have that opportunity to wander. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I don't, I
0: don't, I don't know. Uh, It's it's power in that. It's power Uh in that, in that. Amen. Yeah, that's very good. And so here's one thing that I learned, Roy, that was very helpful. So, you know, the Lord's Supper is uh, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And that's the the purpose of the Lord's Supper is we proclaim the fact that Jesus died for us and rose again from the dead. You proclaim his death until he comes. And so you're thinking uh, in the Lord's Supper, not only of of the death of Christ, Uh, for our sins but also his resurrection and also the fact that he is going to return as he says in Acts chapter 1 uh, men of Galilee why do you stand here gazing the angel said that to them this same Jesus whom you saw ascend to heaven he will come back in like manner and so as we keep the death the burial the resurrection and the return of Christ very near and dear to our hearts it does something to us it helps us to walk in the light. And 1 John chapter 3 says uh, that when we keep our mind, everyone who has their mind fixed on the return of Christ purifies himself just as he is pure. And that we know when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. I think that helps us a lot when we're tempted because. Uh, n- we would be horrified for the Lord to come back when we are participating in something that we know dishonors him. And if we keep his return so very near and dear to our hearts and what He, the price he paid to purchase our salvation, what he went through when he died upon the cross and rose again from the dead, we keep that real close to our hearts. That helps us. That gives us ammunition to resist the devil and to flee immorality. So God bless you, my brother. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for that um, that insight. Well, we have Johnny on the line from Texas. Johnny, welcome to Real Truth for today. Hello. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Oh, good morning. How are you this morning?
0: Good. How are you?
3: Good. Um, Just love how you're talking about today about the uh, seventh, uh, uh, the commandments. uh, You know, and the seventh one is uh, about uh, adultery and um i come from a history of uh, pornography and not only pornography just drugs and, and alcohol and that's the way uh, the 80s was the 80s was we were growing up in a little town drugs alcohol and sex was uh, you know part of that and at the age of um uh, 14 i was introduced to to sex because drugs was in was uh, was uh, was available and you know uh, little did i know of course at that age you know we we already know what drugs are and what was what's supposed to be a, uh, a no no, and so you know I knew better. But uh, <laughs> with that coming of age, pornography has just been part of my um, uh, life till I got uh, baptized to um, two years ago uh, because uh, the year of COVID, uh, me and the wife went through a um, a tough battle, and, and cancer got hurt, but. Um, we got separated, of course, because also, uh, the year before that, we got separated because of, uh, cocaine addiction and, and, uh, I've got the scar from, well, um, uh, don't mean to talk a whole lot about it because I don't have much time with you, but it was one of them that, uh, I was like Al Pacino just fighting. Yes. I was a boxer back in the day. Yes. I got to spar with, uh, some of the famous guys like, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, but, uh, you know, it uh, it was one of them that, oh, I was the Al Pacino. I was uh, the one on the uh, movie Scarface, the drugs, and nothing could, was going to take me down. And, yeah, I got stabbed, and, uh, you know, it's been a tough one. But most of it was drugs with uh, pornography. And when the mm-hmm. wife finally had enough, she had enough and left me. And I uh, tried to commit suicide, but friends didn't let me. And so I started turning towards... Um, the way of God, and uh, the scars have now proved that it's been a long battle. And 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 it's like it's like now, if I'm not listening or reading the Bible, especially in the month of June, because that's when she left me in 2019. No, yeah, 2019. Um, we got back together. We got back together, and it was just because pretty much God gave her the sign, and and he. Told told her to come back to me and give me a chance, and we worked it out, and here we are together happily. But i tell you what. Amen. Yes. It's been a tough one. Yeah. And Jeff, like you, angels like you that God has sent to preach out to us and make us be his warriors as well and, and, and lead the path of Christianity, that's what we're supposed to do. But uh, so so was a month of June is hard for me because number one my wife left me, and after that it seemed like my brother yes my family was there family was there but family was there also in the way of, hey you know uh, you know she left you, go on and and just find you someone else, just you got to move on with your life and 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 yeah I went out I went out, but at the same time that I went out. It was, it was, again, like I
0: said, it was Satan there. Yeah. But, um, well, Johnny, we're, we're out of time, but I appreciate you so much you calling in and sharing that, and praise the Lord for all the work he has done in your heart and in your life. And thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Fran, I'm sorry we didn't get to you today, but maybe you can call back tomorrow and we can we can hear from you. Well, thanks for listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. And as we always share on this program, the two words, Christian life, shine and share. Uh, Shine for Christ. Let people see him in your life and then share. Open your mouth. Tell people about Jesus and tell tell them what great things the Lord has done. I'll be with you again tomorrow. God bless you.